Women Want to Hear Women, where we put the spotlight on country music's most talented ladies. Be a part of moving the conversation forward with your host, Elena Smith. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang with us today. And if you're new, welcome. This podcast addresses the lack of women on country radio and reclaims the narrative that women don't want to hear women. We all do. We highlight women in the genre and have conversations about their struggles, life, and the women's movement that's happening right now. This week is a little different because we're inviting some guys into the conversation, something that I really want to do a lot more of. Okay, Delta Ray. This band is a force in the industry with two very strong and empowering women fronting the band. They're also very proud of their activism and have so much to say about the current climate. So we need to get right into it. Enjoy. All right, I want to welcome Brittany, Liz, Ian, Eric, Mike, and Grant, also known as Delta Ray, to the studio. You guys, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. For anybody that's just maybe getting to know you guys or hearing you for the first time, before we get into a lot of stuff, because we're going to go deep, I think, because you guys have a lot to say about this whole conversation, uh, I do want to help some people get to know you a little bit better. So let's just start somewhere really basic. Like, how long have you guys been together and how did you form? Great question. So we have been together as a band for nine years. I met two of the members without a say in the matter because they are my brothers. That's right. Yes. Y'all, uh, they look so alike too. Like it is unmistakable to know that you guys are related. It's freaky. Yeah. So uh, our parents introduced us a long time ago. And um, we met Liz in California. Our dad moved us around a lot as kids mm. um, for work. And one of the places we lived was California. And that's where Liz was born and raised. We brought her to North Carolina to sing in this band and uh, met up with Mike and Grant. The rest is history. Liz, was that an easy decision for you to join in with uh, some siblings? You know, I love, I have loved singing with Ian, Eric, and Britt ever since the first time we sang four part harmony together. We we grew up, or we sang together in an acapella group. So I was very honored when they when they asked me to to move to North Carolina and join the band with them. It, it was not a difficult decision. I mean, it, there was something a little bit scary about it, but I knew that it was that it was the the right move, and I have zero regrets. So, like a decade, that is a long time. It have is. Did you guys go through any points in time where you thought you might just be done with this, or have you been able to just really get through it with, with all the confidence in the world? <laughs> wow. Um, yes, 100%, question, 100% right? confident yeah. all the time. <laughs> um, no, it's like every other day, it's like, I can't do this anymore! Yeah. Um, but it's it's amazing because when you do something like create music with your best friends there's bound to be a moment the day after that pulls you back in Mm because it is a really special gift I mean to 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 have this life so you know we we do what we love and not many people get to say that and we do it with people that we love so who is the most sane person in the group that always brings you back down to reality? Ooh. It's probably Mike. We take turns. I think <laughs> do it a lot. Wow, that's a compliment. I think Ian's pretty sane also. No, no way. way. I really appreciate uh, that. Everyone disagrees. <laughs> oh, Shut that not. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike, and Mike is uh, kind of the, the clown of the band so he, we all get to laugh that's at that's that brings us together it's because he's bald yeah well sometimes the clown can be the one that brings you always back to reality and just makes things wonderful right yeah he really does break uh the tension and that is very helpful especially with siblings because yeah. it, things can get real 
tense real fast. Yes. All right, guys. So one of the things that will really help people get to know you a lot better really instantly, and I want to jump right into it, is this new song that you just released. It's called Hands Dirty. It is a female empowerment anthem. I mean, it's really an everyone empowerment anthem, depending on how you want to listen to it. But Brittany and Ian, you guys wrote this song, and I want to just kind of hear what that experience was like, where it started, and how it grew into what it was. Yeah, well, uh, I'll let Ian uh, talk about where his inspiration was drawn because he brought the idea. I think we had had um, a number of conversations. We're not a band that shies away from including deeper messages in our songs. And uh, as a country band fronted by two women, you know, I think we were constantly being barraged by this reality, which is that women are out in the world working really hard every day beyond uh and that's the same as everybody else everybody's working that hard mm-hmm. but the reality also is that one in three women will experience sexual assault at some point in their life so that is an added weight that cannot be denied and it is it makes it harder it just makes it harder and it is not um just a woman's responsibility to take care of herself it's everybody's responsibility to make um, the world a safer and better place. So I think it, it, Ian is a brilliant lyricist and he also writes like really cool swampy melodies. So when he brought the concept to me, we sat down together and we crafted it so that it would be, you know, a message that came from a woman's perspective. Yeah. But I always really appreciate having a big brother who writes a song, you know, for the other half of humans on the earth and it's not just from his perspective and i think that's a a rare gift that both my brothers really have and do you think that having a sister really kind of helped you to to see these perspectives this different perspective yeah you know when we started the band we all lived together in a house in the woods in durham north carolina and i think that the perspective that we had kind of firsthand um with liz and Britt really informed a lot of our writing and still does um I'm fortunate enough to have grown up around really strong, powerful women my entire life. You know, prior to moving to California, our mom was a civil rights activist and particularly a gay rights activist in Marietta, Georgia. And that was a really instructive thing to watch because it's an issue where I just don't feel any conflictedness about it. I know what's right. And, but, you know, you grew up with neighbors who were just violently disagreed with you. So that was really powerful. And then, you know, growing up with wonderful friends and sisters and my wife is an amazing attorney and wife and mom. You're surrounded by so many strong women. Yeah, I I feel so grateful for that. And it, I really just found these words pouring out and then brought them to Brit and she helped me finish the song. And I think that it's really important that Men look at the world around them, look at the history of this country, look at the history at world history and consider uh, how they can be allies and advocates for women's rights. Because I think that it's that we just have institutional barriers at this point that have built up over time really intentionally Mm -hmm. and we have to dismantle them. So preach. I love it. Okay. (laughs) So one of the parts in the song that just stopped me in my tracks, obviously, and I cannot even imagine what it must be like to sing this part live, but you guys worked in me too, to the lyrics. Now, was that something that was intentional? Did that just kind of happen? It worked in the song or did you definitely want to make sure that that was speaking in the song? 
You know, that was, again, I just, we, we, Brittany and I were sitting in a room in uh, her house in Nashville and the, the lyric, we'd written most of the rest of the song and the bridge kind of came out and it, it had this kind of walking to the mountaintop feel to it. And the lyrics just kept, again, kind of kept pouring out and we got to the end and I think we both arrived at this moment where we just really wanted to take that phrase and flip it because the future we hope will be brighter. And we know it will be. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. matter of time. It's like the long arc of um, history bends towards justice. Like women will claim, you know, their equal seats at the table at mm-hmm. some point. Um, it's just painfully slow and um, archaically slow. And so I think we wanted to take advantage of this moment and of a, a phrase that has shown that women are consistently victimized and have this burden that Mm -hmm. they bear, but that at some point we'll be saying it in a different way. At some point we'll be saying, I knew all along that we could do anything we wanted and that uh, we were equal. And we can all look to one another and say, yeah, me too. Yeah. Now, you guys have been very vocal about the women's movement that's happening right now. And I mean, we're very thankful that you are because, you know, a lot of times in country music, people don't like to be too vocal about controversial things. So, I mean, speaking to that, were you guys ever hesitant to being a part of this movement or was it organically like all of you guys are like, let's go, let's let's speak on this. The thing about it is, regardless of whether or not you want to talk about it, everyone is part of this movement. Um, And that is part of what's so uh, frightening about it is because you, I don't, I've never met a person who hasn't had their life, you know, touched or a friend of their lives, you know, touched by this type of um, toxic masculinity and, um, or sexual violence or, or harassment. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a heaviness and a weight and a struggle that comes with that. And so you can try and avoid it or ignore it, but the reality is we're all part of this narrative. And I think for us, it was unavoidable. We're we're in this industry. We are two female lead singers, and we've always wanted to embody kind of the sisterhood and friendship that we think women do show one another and deserve from one another. Frequently, I think, women are pitted against one another and oh, all the time told to be competitive and um and that you know divides our strength and mm-hmm. it keeps us arguing amongst ourselves when the real enemy is as Ian said this kind of institutional system that keeps us down so i think that the the idea that we were going to put out a song that was controversial it's like hey we started this band in in the Great Recession because we knew we weren't going to get jobs either way. You mm-hmm. know, we got educations, but there were no jobs. We, we can write a song that's controversial and people may not like it, but we're not going to get played on the radio potentially either way because mm-hmm. we're women. Yep. So we might as well say something well, we about say it. We think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, this uh, this time in this moment feels so ripe for an anthem and a soundtrack and. Honestly, like, I don't even think it's that controversial. Mm -hmm. Women work hard. That is the message. And they shouldn't have to have this added burden. And society is better when women are treated equally. And, you know, we can get into the nuances of what is equal and what is feminism and 
people have their talking points that they want to argue. But if you distill it down to personal choices, everyone can make adjustments in their life to and and adjust their perspective to see like I do want the women I love and care about to be safe, to mm-hmm. have uh, you know, to be able to make money, to be able to be successful, to be respected, to be respected mm-hmm. and to be able to be represented, to have their voices heard. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's only controversy in so much as uh, people want to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. I think that we're already there. It's it's a lot of uh, kind of nonsense that's mm-hmm. that's in the way still. Well, Brittany, you, you brought up, um, you know, being a woman in the industry. And Liz, if you guys could both kind of speak to this, having been in the industry as long as you have, what kind of really just bad experiences have you had? <laughs> I mean... Well, what I, I want to like, start with back, is saying, <laughs> you know, how much time do you have? Right? I really agree with what Britt said about the fact that we we have always been in this band sisters that support each other. Yeah. And I can remember years ago people coming up to us, people coming up to me or her and asking, you know, do you ever uh, think that there wouldn't be room for both of you in the band? And I, it's just like almost funny to me because it's like our voices are so different that they 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 sort of have to be together like right. the, the harmony that we've always sang together and the way that our you know our songs are very different and they both uh serve a very important um vehicle in this band in terms of the songs um but in terms of being two women in in country and in rock and roll i mean we deal with it on the road all the time not with our band but with with loading in with loading out um having to remind people um Yes, I a- yes I can lift that. Yeah. No, it's all right. It's fine. I've I've got it. I've got arms. Um, mm-hmm. and it turns out <laughs> and, and, and muscles. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's not a a blanket statement on oh you know everyone that works as part of a live crew is this way, but it mm. definitely happens on the road. Um, people wanting to, you know, as a gentleman at first asking, can I can I help you with that? And then you say no, I've got it. And then it changes into you don't you don't have it. You you can't lift that. And then you know we have to in a very assertive but still professional way say, no, I've got it. I can lift this and I do it every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here every day, just like you are. That's quite right. the metaphor too, right? Yeah, it, uh-huh. it literally is. I, I also, Liz, <laughs> uh, I mean, the the degree to which in the last week, I could tell you like 10 stories that make my skin crawl mm-hmm. is very upsetting, especially in light of everything that's been going on. You'd think that kind of people's sensitivity might have peaked a little bit and right. that everyone's just being a little more self-aware. Nah, it has uh, apparently not filtered down to <laughs> every individual. But um, I think Liz and I have the experience frequently, like you have to pose for pictures and frequently people take advantage of that. Um, they'll put their arms around you in ways they'll lean in to kiss you. And uh, unless you want to make like a really assertive statement of rejection and no and forceful um you're stuck in this limbo yeah. where you want to be kind to people you want to be open-minded open-hearted well, and especially with what you guys do like you want people to like you you want to like people yeah. that, that's a really tough situation to be in yeah and you never want to feel like your audience is liking you for the wrong reason right um which can really be painful uh mm-hmm. to to recognize and so um, we're, we are more fortunate than a lot of women, I think, because we have this presence yeah. of four 
very, you know, strong, Brothers. attentive brother figures who are not letting things slide. You they're know, aware. They're, they're there. They're there. <laughs> and they respect women and they always yeah. look out for us. And that's mm-hmm. an amazing thing to see. It's like you can feel the tone when you're in front of a new crowd and you get up in front of it and, and you can tell when a crowd is rowdy and you're like, oh God, this mm. could devolve at any moment. You know, we've had people yell stuff out to us from the crowds and <laughs> um, that can be, you know, that can ruin a, a challenge. Show. How do you yeah. respond to that kind of stuff? We had somebody actually, someone proposed to me uh, last Wednesday during our show. And I Lord. yelled back, we're fi- we're all good. Uh- Thanks though. <laughs> As somebody yelled something much more derogatory towards me at a show on the West Coast a year ago or so. And I think I said something like, uh, can I say what he said? Yeah. Okay. He was like, have sex with me, Mm. which is like really not creative. No. Um, (laughs) Like try try a little (laughs) at least. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Super subtle. And I think I just said like, absolutely not. Like couldn't think of something I'd like to do less. Mm -hmm. And I would just ask that everybody who's around, whoever just yelled that out, shame, shame him. Yes. Yes. Deeply, I said all of that, and our crowd did. Mm-hmm. Our crowd is not having it. Yeah, yes. they are, Does kinda, he know where he is? Too? I know. Like, That's come on. Like, yeah, when so people weird. say that at our shows, it's like you realize that you're at a show that is filled with fans who are here for a female fronted band. Yes, <laughs> and the the thing that's disturbing though that that I do notice is I think if it was just Liz and I, we would be we would be confronted by a different level of harassment. Right. The boys become this protective presence, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's good. That's bad. Mm -hmm. That's bad. That's what it takes. Yes. A woman should not have to have the presence of a man to feel safe Mm -hmm. or to be able to be on stage and be respected for her talent. Yeah. Um, And so uh, the, the one of the funny things I think that's evolved over time is the habit of being like, hey, that's my sister or like, don't say that. Of just like now the boys will be around and if anybody says shit to me, they we kind of will make this eye contact that's like, you've got it? And I'm like, oh, I've got it. <laughs> and they yeah. are, they're about to get it. Britt Brit is not, has never been afraid to, uh, to speak her mind and to, to stand up for herself. Yeah. And neither have I, but yeah. I think it's it's always, it's great knowing that these four guys are with us and, you know, I think another really difficult aspect of this is kind of the double standard of like if if somebody said something to a guy and he stands up for himself, he's tough. But mm-hmm. if somebody says something to us and then we stand up for ourselves, we could be seen as a bitch. Oh yeah, like, like saying like, oh, I don't think that's very appropriate that you said that, or like, please like, don't. Uh, you're such a prude. Yes. Yeah, it's um, like, or if you go with it, like she was asking for it. It's just like <laughs> you're damned if you do and you're damned if you. Can. Well, one thing since I have started this podcast, that's one of the big topics that we like to talk about. But I've also been getting messages and different questions from girls that listen, looking for advice. And one thing that I've been noticing is they've been mentioning a lot that how uncomfortable it is that men now since Me Too happened and since everything has happened, make these remarks about like, oh, (laughs) I guess I shouldn't do that. Me too. And they're very uncomfortable with that. So how do you guys like what kind of advice do you have for people that are experiencing that? What should they be saying? How should they be reacting when men do that to them at work and stuff? You know, honestly, however you react in the moment is okay because that's their problem. That person is uh, an insensitive jerk and you don't have time to come up with a comeback. You, 
you know, you might just want to leave. I, you know, I, I hate, I hate that feeling so mm-hmm. much where it's like, now I have to stand up for myself. I didn't even want to be in this situation. All of this is not my doing and mm-hmm. it's a burden I don't want to bear. Um, but one of the best ways and it's something I've been employing lately is just being so blunt mm-hmm. that the other person is red-faced embarrassed. Like just being like, yeah, you shouldn't because there are victims of sexual assault around you at any given moment and you don't know what you're saying. So mm-hmm. if you want to seem like uh, an asshole, yeah, uh, you can say what you just said. Or if you want to be a good human, you can um, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> For real. You know, those kinds of just like this. I'm not laughing with you. Mm -hmm. No one's laughing with you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually a really strong thing that you can tell your male friends or colleagues. Don't laugh with the people who are saying the things that are borderline. Because what they're doing by making that joke is testing the waters of like, how far can I push this? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you call me on it, you're no fun and you can't take a joke. But if everyone in the room agrees, like, you cross the line and, like, we're going to ostracize you, then that person goes home recognizing, like, wow, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think that that is such an important part of, like you were saying, change the conversation. Yeah. Such an important part of changing this conversation is men who are feminists teaching other men that certain things aren't okay. Yes, so true. And guys, I mean, the men in this band, can we just like enlist you to do that? Because (laughs) you guys are amazing. So how do, when you hear stuff like that or guys or other men that say something like that, does that feel super foreign to you? Or do you know, do you have friends that are like that? Do you try to just school them on that? It's been bewildering (laughs) to me. Uh, It's been one of the biggest learning experiences and it's something that I've had to work on a lot in the sense, not on making the comments that has never been... (laughs) my bag but when you are around men we have the same orientation that we all do as a band you know you want to extend goodwill to people you want to be welcoming people into your fold we all get raised with certain values that have um a a weird navigation in this situation given you know respecting your elders and a lot of the comments tend to come from older men Mm -hmm. you know things will come at you so fast and then you you don't know how to respond. And a lot of times laughter is an, a nervous reaction and mm-hmm. you really have to get intentional about stopping yourself from that initial reaction and about sending a message with your behavior and your reactions to sh- tell people that that's wrong. But, you know, I think for, I'm sure many men are in work environments where they have proximity to women and they watch those women navigate all of these lines. Yeah. We have had a front row seat for now nine years and it is disarming, upsetting. It's been a, a rude awakening for me to watch how much of it happens and to realize my own you know, deficits at reacting to it in a way that make me proud of you know, being an ally. And I, I think that that is something men generally need to work on is when those moments arise, being really intentional about sending the message about who you are and how you think males should behave. Yeah, and just going back to what you were saying, the example of um, crew guys helping with load-in and things like that, when those situations come up, we will have band discussions about it that last hours, days, where we are debating, well, wasn't he just being chivalrous and and, doing something kind of kind-hearted, like his heart was in the right place? Mm -hmm. 
And it's the recognition that that doesn't really work and that that behavior affects women differently than than it's intended sometimes. And uh, you have to have nuances here and you have to have just a sensitivity that I have. It, it's kind of been born out of being in this band and being exposed to it so much. And a lot of guys don't have that. I think that what Bernie's talking about in terms of, you know, making these, oh, me too, or what you were saying and some of these callers are saying is those are guys, they are they are literally testing the waters for locker room talk. And the the challenge of, you know, that or, or that phrase of being safe to make these comments, the challenge is if you do ostracize, and we would have this conversation, I would bring up this point in a conversation with Bernie afterwards. If you do make them red-faced embarrassed, you also potentially run the risk of having them rush to their safe spot, which is going to be with other people that will make comments like that and be like, oh yeah, she was, you know, so she, she's a prude or whatever. And they find their talking points and, and, and then no progress the walls go up and no yeah. progress gets made. And so we would have this conversation about, again, I would stand by Brittany's behavior, whatever she want, wants to do to react. Mm-hmm. I, and I agree with you. Um, but then in terms of healing some of the divide, right now that's that's happening in the conversations generally we would we would then kind of talk about what what roles we could all play as yeah. men as women as americans as people to um to walk that line and mm-hmm. i think these guys actually do a great job of taking the feedback like one of the ways that you can do it is by being like a- an ally in the true sense of the word if a guy says something that is not appropriate and i shut him down you know the these guys just kind of not giving him the time of day or saying something to the effect of like, she'll kick your ass. So I wouldn't say something like that again. You know, it's taking it from um, a male to male challenge you for this, who has the right to say what around this woman. It's like, this person is a person. She's not going to be treated uh, like, an object or like she's weak or mm-hmm. uh, in any of these ways. And like, I'm only here talking about it because I know that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not here to say she's a woman. And so I'm going to step in, in this situation and, and protect her. It's just affirming like, yeah, she's that person is tough and doesn't need whatever your baggage is about how you feel about women. Mm-hmm. So like, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. I'm over here and they're over there. So great. Yes. We're good. Yep. Oh my gosh, you guys, I could literally talk to you guys about this forever. We probably could too. I really could. And maybe we can even do it again sometime soon. But I know we need to wrap up soon here because I want to get your guys' performances in too. Oh, cool. But I do always like to end with uh, reminding everyone what this podcast, where it really came from. Women Want to Hear Women is derived from the phrase women don't want to hear women, which is something that's said quite a lot in a lot of different industries, but definitely right here in country music. So I like to get reactions. When you guys hear the phrase... Women don't want to hear women. How do you react? It immediately takes my mind into, okay, so then does that mean it's just sort of like this men for men? Like men are just luxuriating in men and women are luxuriating in men and men are just like thrill, a thrill, thrilled right. with themselves. That's about right. And like if I were a dude, I would start to feel so weird about that right? yeah. um so that's sort of where my mind goes i'm sort of like okay like y'all can have that like whatever that is where everyone's just kind of like uh i don't know 
signing on for this this boring journey boring journey yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 one perspective it's one note yeah and like i love male artists i really do and i love singing with my brothers as singers and i love male songwriters it's not about that kind of the fact that there's that divide people like good music yeah so that's the bottom line and i think this weird like pitting men against women or telling people what they like um it always just strikes me as this weird it, it has this weird cast of telling people what they like it's exactly this problem here right yeah, yeah. what what in what in what other genre is that true right none mm-hmm. it, it's also a total double standard because i've never heard men don't want to hear men right yeah. <laughs> yeah but also like i mean we're both Brittany and i are both uh women and i i love when i hear women on the radio i love hearing Marin morris love hearing carrie underwood My- i don't relate to it at all amen yeah women don't want to hear women it's nuts i mean i want to be able to sing along and i don't want it to always that's the other thing is like women are not that superficial that every song we have to has to hear have to hear has to be about like how men love us and how you know we're beautiful and they want to marry us like it's 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 dumbing us down Mm -hmm. it's like i want to hear we don't want to just be the object we don't want to be the object like we're not the accessory in the men's narrative Mm -hmm. we are the lead characters in our own stories and we should be able to tell them on the radio yes well, you guys, that is beautifully said. And I know you guys love to hear women as well, just like you said. So you're going to help me curate this week's Women Want to Hear Women playlist, right? Oh, yeah. We'll get some of your stuff on there as well. And you guys are also going to play it forward, we like to say. You're going to keep that sisterhood alive and cover another female artist. Who are you going to be doing? We're going to cover one of our most beloved female artists and a friend, Cam. Yes. Oh, my God. Love her. Okay. And then are you going to be performing one of your own, too? Yes. We'll do our new single, Hands Dirty. It seems very appropriate, right? (laughs) (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for your insight. And um, again, you know what? Also, if you're listening to this, I know you can listen to podcasts whenever, but if you're listening to this within the fall of 2018, you have got to go check out Delta Ray Revival. You guys are doing a residency at the basement, right? When is that through? Yeah, that's through December 19th. So, uh, yeah, from, from now until December 19th, every Wednesday at the basement. Y'all check it out. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. I just love each and every one of you. Thank you. We're gonna hug. Yes. (laughs) We're gonna hug. You guys, just wait until you watch their cover of Diane. It's insane. I kid you not. I couldn't talk for like a solid minute after. Go check that out at NashCountryDaily.com. That's also where you'll find their curated playlist for the week. Thank you to the team at Big Machine Label Group and of course to our team, Brian Webb and Jim Casey. Keep those tweets coming about who you would like to hear featured next on Women Want to Hear Women. Make sure to use that hashtag too. Love, love, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Westwood One Podcast Network. Everyone's listening.